I know that if I retaliate and I get angry, I'm going to get in trouble too. Yeah. And so I'm going to hide my anger because I don't want to feel more hurt and I don't want to get into more trouble for feeling this anger. But I think, you know, like I've been like working with anger often. And so it's like so much part of my work and, you know, anger, what I've learned is, is, is such a beautiful emotion because it's a, it's the guardian of our boundaries, Mm. right? Someone crosses our boundaries we got to stand up for ourselves. That's how anger comes up. Yeah. And, and healthy anger is being assertive and getting what you want, but also having compassion and empathy, mm. right? Mm. And, and, and I, am try, I am working on sitting with being assertive, standing up for myself, speaking up, having a voice, letting my anger be heard, right? And not diminishing it, not putting a cloud over it, not putting a mask on it. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad that you joined us. Today's conversation is with Mike Sagoon. Mike is a certified coach for men. He is a facilitator with the Everyman Project, and he's a man who I've sat in circle with. Uh, I'm really glad that we had a time to have this conversation earlier this year in 2020. And you imagine all the things that happened in 2020. Right before things shut down, I had the opportunity to go to my first Everyman retreat. It was in Joshua Tree. I had heard about Joshua Tree. I had seen pictures of Joshua Tree and finally being able to go there. Uh, Mike was a co-leader on that workshop, that retreat. And uh, my life was changed. Um, I did some deep work for myself that was about building connection with me. And Mike happened to be there and be a part of that experience. And so I'm really thankful to him for that. And in today's conversation, we get to talk about our masks together. We get to explore what it's like to walk around and feel like you have to bottle up emotions, particularly anger in this conversation. What is it like if you were dealing with things you were angry about and you couldn't show anger because you were taught that to show anger could actually get you in trouble, could get you hurt? And definitely those are some of my experiences. I'm really excited to have you listen to this conversation. And if you want to be a part of the Million Mask Movement, you can do that on your own as well. You can go to 100kmasks.com and create a mask. I see the thousands of other people around the world who have also contributed their masks to this movement. That's 100kmasks.com. And please, if this conversation inspires you, please share it with someone. That's the easiest way. Or get rate, it, rate us on, on your favorite podcasting platform. That's the easiest way for other people to find it just like you have today. Thank you for being here today. And welcome to Taking Off the Mask. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. I am so glad to have you here with us, Mike. Uh, 
Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Ashanti. It's good to see you, brother. It's good to see you too, man. You know, um, the way we normally started off, I just want our guests to like introduce themselves, just tell you know our listeners and people out there who you are, like what are you up to in the world? Um, and just tell us tell us a little bit about yourself and then and then we'll jump right in. You know, I think it's yeah. for us it's not a I'm not here to interview you necessarily, but I am here to really have an experience with you while you know we give open make some space for you to take off the mask and and mm -hmm. I can join you on the process and um, we're excited to have you with us today. Thanks, man. Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Uh, my name is Mike Sagoon. Um, I am a proud, proud, proud gay man of color. Uh, I am a coach, uh, a husband. I am a daddy, dog, uh, dog daddy. I am um, a business owner. I am a men's retreat facilitator. Um, I am a lover of plants. I, um, I'm originally from the Bay Area. Uh, Oakland is my home, and I now live in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico with my husband. And um, I'm here to serve. I'm here. My purpose in life is to create safe spaces for men to think deeply about themselves and to live authentically and to create the life that they want. And so um, I am here on this earth to impact men and to help men heal. That's the short. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I um thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Um, I want to do something real quick. So let me. So we uh, we just had that little moment of like uh, it's probably one of our bloopers and as we look to the future, right? Because um we, we've had all kind of situations as we're learning to to do this journey, right? Like I I love having conversations with people, and then when we add the technology in it, it's like uh oh, can we yeah. hear? Um, yeah. so I, I, I think that's where part of the, the journey of like figuring it out comes to, um, you know, we had, uh, one of our interviews, uh, somehow it only recorded the guest. It didn't record me. So <laughs> great, <laughs> some great, great words of the guest, but, uh, yeah, they were, they were interviewing themselves basically, you know? <laughs> But I think that's what's so beautiful about this medium, right? Like, like let's talk. Let's talk about actually taking off the masks here, Ashanti. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're literally taking off the masks here, and we are like, we are not perfect in this production, and that's okay. Like, <laughs> this is this is not a per this is not a perfect production, and we're owning it. We're being real that this is we have some malfunctioning. There's technical issues. Yo, that's real right there. Absolutely. <laughs> and I have an intern who's helping me with guest management, which is like. Oh my God, my heart gets so nervous. I'm like, did you send a reminder? You know, it's like, like me yeah. letting go is the big part of this this um, experience, mm -hmm. right? Like, I wish I could do it all, like send out the emails and send out the reminders. And I just, I don't know how people can do it. I just can't. Yeah. And so, what is, what is that letting go? What are you letting letting go of, or what do you need to let go of? I think I'm letting go of. Well, I, I'm I'm attempting to let go of the fear of failure. And what failure feels like and looks like, mm -hmm. right? So, like, mm -hmm. if I, if the guest doesn't feel well taken care of, then it's a reflection on me. So my shadow says I gotta look, I gotta look professional and and responsible and organized mm -hmm. and clear and conscious, mm -hmm. like all of it, perfectly yeah. Many times. Yeah. So yeah. So I think the the fear is, oh goodness, right? And so when when uh, when something doesn't go the way that I want the guests to experience it, 
then on my mind goes up, maybe I should have done it. Mm-hmm. Like, but I, it's not even physically possible. I'm running a, I'm running a nonprofit yeah. here, trying to keep yeah. the movement going. So, so, so is it like, is it a little bit of like letting go of control? Oh yeah. Well, I think as a leader, I, I mean, yes, I want to let go of, I definitely want to let go of control, but yeah. ultimately the responsibility always lands back on the leader. And so even though I let go of control of like, of doing the task, if it doesn't go well, it always comes back at me. Still reflection. The reflection that I feel, right? And, it, and, yeah. the, and the projection that I feel like, yeah. oh my gosh. So those are the those are the times where we're like, okay, well, we're making this up as we go. Uh, and we're learning as we go because we're getting better. And yeah. we're uh, we're trying to figure it out, you know? And we're taking off our masks. And along we're taking the way. off the masks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that, I think, is has been the easier part like the the actual words on the card are somewhat easier for me sometimes than 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 all what i'm imagining is happening in this little rectangle right like i'm trying to craft an experience for you right i'm trying to craft an experience for whoever's going to watch it right like i talk about my mask a lot and um my last interview with one of my mentors which was really hard because he kept he was probing <laughs> Oh my God, he was probing and he was just like, he was hitting it in all the right spots. As I didn't want to hit on, on camera, he was, he was hitting them, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah. Good for your mentor. <laughs> You're walking your talk, Shanti. Oh, Hell yeah. Man, I, I, I do my best. I try. But I mean, so that, I mean, that's powerful though, right? Like, I mean, I think in your movement, it's, it's powerful because then when people can see the, the the shadows the the masks that we put on and what and people can see what it looks like when we take off the mask or the resistance to take off the mask yeah. it's an incredible and beautiful example for and gives other people permission to say that that's okay i can do that too yeah like now i get to see ashanti this powerful leader and we can see the resistance of taking off the mask or poking at all the shadows and he's doing it and and it's okay and i don't see ashanti any differently so does that mean that if i take off my mask people won't see me any differently right 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 it's 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 a beautiful model man yeah it's kind of like what what you do on the weekends right like uh just for you know transparency mike and i know each other before this talk today you know um we've sat in circle together in a men's circle together so and on a retreat and on a retreat with every man and uh yeah. and that weekend was super powerful that, that was the last retreat before the COVID shut down all retreats and events so yeah uh, and man thank goodness it happened when it did for me in my life because it was it, it was the seeds that planted what i needed to do this past weekend and to be able to like kick this off and so it's been a a, a beautiful journey mm-hmm. like that and i think when we get to those spaces like when we've already done some of the work and you like okay am i ready to go deeper am i ready to go yeah even further than i went before if i'm really you know how much more am i willing to stretch myself to to take off right. the next layer right because even yeah. my masks have masks you know totally oh you know? totally. totally i think this is um Japanese art form where the they dance with masks and then all of a sudden like one will just like like it's like it's like, like magic, magic slash dance slash performance uh-huh. and I, every time I see it I'm just like like oh how much how much do we go to 
parties, events, social experiences, oh, work, and we're like, I got this mask over here. And I walk yeah. into the next room, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm just like putting on another one. Right. You're like, okay, what's happening? Right. I can and how many identities do we have? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it, and in many ways, brother, like in many ways, these identities, these masks have served us as people. They've in many ways have been a protector or a hero for us in many ways that we've developed this mask because we wanted to protect ourselves. We wanted to feel safe. And so we knew that if I were going to put this mask on of one of my masks is uh, charisma, right? Put on this mask of charisma. If I put on this mask in a group of people, then they're going to like me. They're going to, they're going to like gravitate toward me. They're going to want to be my friend. Right. And, um, and in many ways that was my, my coping mechanism or my defense mechanism to help me make friends, to help me get connected to people, to help me feel belonging in a group, right? And in so many ways, that mask of charisma has served me. And in so many ways, as I've grown older, it's also not served me. It's also led me to feel disintegrous with myself. It's also led me to say yes to situations that I didn't want to say yes to. It's led me to do things that I didn't want to necessarily do. It's led me to relationships that I actually didn't need in my life, right? And so um, I think that's the, there's like so much power in like observing what are these masks? What the, the exercise that you have us do of like looking at what is the front of our mask? And then what are we fucking hiding behind it? Oh, sorry, I cussed. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> what are we hiding behind it? You know, and, um, and, and, you know, I think um, I have gotten into this place of shame for the masks I've, I have in my life. I've gotten to this place of like, oh my God, that, is that really me? Am I authentic with that? Is that really who I am as a person? And I think there, for me, there is this level of acceptance of saying, yeah, they are my masks. They're there and they have served me. And now it's about developing a relationship with those masks so that I can integrate it into who I am at my core so that it isn't uh, disintegrous with who I am, but actually it is an integration of who I am. It is like I could then be a more dynamic person because of it. And it doesn't mean I'm inauthentic or that, uh, that I'm hiding, but it just means that I, am, I know that this mask has served me and it hasn't served me. And now how can I blend that mask into my life so that it does serve me in a way that is productive, in a way that excels me and it develops my relationships. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, am I, am I oh, yeah? No, you're there. And I think that what you just said is actually beautiful because when you talked about the disintegrous part, it's like most times when we've talked to people, we've collected about 50,000 masks from 18 countries so far, right? Wow. Big goal, but the goal is a million, but um, we're getting there, right? Yeah, um, hell yeah. And the reason it's so hard, I think, and we've, we've been invited people on social media that make a mask is because when people create their profiles, like for whatever it is, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, or whether it's something else, they easily and clearly in their mind say, this is me. Mm -hmm. it, I'm, I'm showing parts of me. Mm -hmm. It's not saying, some of the people are making stuff up, right? Some of them are like, it's just nonsense, right? But some, no, this is parts of me. It's just not all of me. Right. And so what, what we see is there's a quote I heard recently that said, it's really hard to be fully loved unless you're fully known. Mm. And what we find is that with a lot of these profiles are people, hey, I got a lot of love out there because I get to be known. But how 
am I fully known, right? How much, mm-hmm. because when you say, are you being are your full self? Yeah, I'm being me. That's me. That's my profile. That's me. But there's so much more to us than what people can see with their eyes. Right. right? Absolutely. And and then, and then sometimes it could just be a projection of how we think we are perceived by other people, right? <laughs> it could just be a projection of like, like what I... What I put on my Instagram and the photos I put is what I think I, you want to see from me, yeah. right? And so in many ways, it is like disintegrous to post like that because is it actually you, right? Or is it like, you know, there's Carl Jung says, I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so it is a projection. It is like I am putting... I am defining who I am based on what I think you think I am or who I should be. And is that authentic? Right. Man. Uh, there, there's that quote, uh, I don't know who says it, but he says like, um, until we make the unconscious conscious, it will rule our life and we'll call it fate. Mm. Right. And I imagine that if we're doing that, if I'm, I'm unconsciously being who you want me to be, and I'm wondering why my relationships don't work because I'm not really being myself, right? I'm being, oh, you need me to be funny. You need me to be happy. You need me to be like on top of everything, have all the answers, but I'm feeling like I'm not that inside. So therefore, unconsciously, I'm trying to just be what other people are expecting me to be. Yeah. And never taking care of the part of me who needs something myself. Right. Right. I'm, I'm, I may be told that you don't have a, you don't have a right to want or need. Your job is to provide. Your job is to, always make it better for other people. And I think right. going through those messages, you know, so I think that's exactly what we're talking about, what we get a chance to do. And I think you've gotten a chance to do that for a lot of men to give them that space to say, all of you is welcome. Yes. And all of you is enough, you know? Yeah. 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 I think, um, you know, that's, that's an interesting point and an interesting topic because in the spaces that I lead, it is, it, it is, um, what am I trying to say here? It'll come to me. In the spaces that I lead, it is a space for guys to show up however they want. Yeah. Whoever they are in this moment and however they want to show up. And what we, what I see in these spaces is as guys commit to coming to these spaces and showing up authentically, in this moment, in that moment, that every single time they come to a men's group or every single time they come see me for a coaching session, I get to see a mask unlayer or take off, come off, right? I get to see a little bit deeper into who they are and in their heart. And this is why these spaces are so important for anyone, a space for anyone to just be. I was... um. Uh, one of my favorite artists is Blood Orange, and he's uh, he he produces for uh, um, Beyonce's sister Solange, and uh, he has this track on one of his albums, and it's um, I think it's called Friends, but it's a woman, and it's a monologue about f- what it means to be seen, mm-hmm. what it means to feel belonging, and I'm paraphrasing here, but she essentially is she says. When I enter a space with people I trust, my chosen family, people I've chosen to be around me, I get to show up and be how I want to be, 
whoever I want to be and they don't judge me, they don't criticize me and I feel welcome and belonging. And in the spaces that I lead, I think there's a common, there's a quality of that. Guys come become our strangers and then they come into these spaces and all of a sudden, after a few hours of work or a few days of work or a few weeks of work, they are, they feel seen. They feel like they belong. They feel like they are part of something. And I think that's the beauty of us being able to remove our masks in front of people and showing people like, this is the mask I wear. And now I trust you that I can take this mask off and I could just show up more, more fully for you. You know, you know that's a beautiful part that you said is like, I, I just let them know that they can just be themselves. Right. I think, we, yeah. and I think, this activity that we're going to talk about next, I think the way it started, this mask, was that I wasn't trying to create an activity that was going to be a global movement to co- collect masks from around the world. I was, I had eight young men who were meeting with me regularly who came to the circle every week lying to each other. Mm. Like, like <laughs> you've probably seen it before, right? Men come into a circle. Mm-hmm. just And these are teenagers, right? So they already know yeah. how to put the mask on. They're like in the circle with each other just not being honest. Like, like, right. and so when they said they wanted to come film, I said, oh, you should go film our club that's really sharp over there. The brotherhood is tight. They're like, well, where do you work? I said, well, my circle, these young men, they just lie. <laughs> you don't want to see this. They, they don't open up. They're like, well, we want to see what you do. I said, well, you're going to see resistance. If you want to see resistance, I can show you resistance, right? Because what they did is they came to the circle and when we check in on a scale from one to 10, everybody's a 10. Like, now I'm the dean that year, so I've had conversations. The reason I started this circle with them is because they were all like getting kicked out of advisory, like the easiest class you can have. You just sit there and get advice. Why would you get kicked out of a class where you have nothing to do but just sit there? Get right? advice. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, but when I'm in my office on one on one, we we go deep, right? Because I'm not going to waste t- your time. I don't want you to waste my time. And what I saw in that circle when they came together, they, they never told each other what they were really going through. Everybody, yeah. my job is not to tell their business. My job is to hold space for them, right? And when they began, when they, we when we came up with this activity that the mask, it was like, well, what if they what if they can't talk about it? What if they're too afraid to even let the words come out of their mouth that they're afraid that they're whatever sad, yeah. dealing with pain, like emotional yeah. and physical? Man, so maybe we can just have them write it, and that's where. The activity came from so beautiful that's awesome man that's awesome and and i think you know what's beautiful about that is like that's a really beautiful teaching moment as in you as an educator right are are very aware of like how can i help these young people learn this technique is not working right now us just speaking out out, out loud like what our feelings are it's not working right now yep. so how can we get creative to use our other senses to get down into what the, what we actually want to get out of this yeah. the objective out of this the objective maybe it was perhaps to connect or to get real with each other to feel con- to feel like they belong and we perhaps the young boys were like i i don't know how to do that visually or verbally but i can do that on paper i can write that out because maybe there's a sense of just like a little bit more privacy there right yeah, yeah. and it was anonymous and it was anonymous yeah and then, and then they were like what are we going to do? And then we start throwing those pieces of paper at each other, like, right? Made it fun. Just took yeah. their mind off of what they had wrote. Beautiful. <laughs> and then it was like, so grab, grab one of the pieces of paper. 
and then we mm. opened it, and then you just saw it all get really, really real. Hell yeah! Like you saw like I mean I I was in the circle, so when I actually went to go see the documentary, I hadn't seen the other angles. So I mean, just watching those young men drop into this like you just see them when they first read it, you just see like oh my. Oh my. I yeah. felt it from where I was sitting as a part of the circle, but when I actually got to go see it from the outside, it was it was it was dropping in even deeper than I had seen, you know. And I yeah. think we when we started doing that workshop around the Bay Area, it really began to open doors for people to recognize that that there's there's more to us. Mm-hmm. And where can we find the safety? And I think it starts with me, right? It starts with me. Like I'm gonna come into the room, I'm gonna do my best to take off as many of my masks that I can feel safe doing so that you can see I'm human. I'm not here to spit a bunch of facts and data at you. I'm sure to say, can we touch our heart today? That's Mm -hmm. what our experience is about. And so you and I get a chance to do that right now. Let's do it. Yeah. So if anyone out there wants to be a part of this movement, you can go and make a mask online anonymously at 100kmasks.com. That's www.100kmasks.com. And Mike and I are going to share our masks today. So, uh, Mike, you get to choose who goes first. Now, we've done it so many different ways, but it's really kind of your lead. You can go front, back, and then I go front, back. You can go front, front, back, back. Whatever feels good for you to like how you want to begin the process, I am, I'm, I'm a follower. Yeah. Uh, I'll, do, uh, I'll do front. Let's do front, front. Okay, great, great. And then we'll do back. Fantastic. You want me to go first or you want to go first? It doesn't matter. What do you think? You're, I'll go. You're... I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go in. Um, all right. So um, this is my front of mask. And uh, it is me with, uh, with the hat that I have on right now and uh, a spotlight on me. Um, I, uh, I grew up on the stage. I was, uh, it was my first career. I was a theater performer. Um, and um, I was basically raised on the stage. I, been, I did theater from the age of 10 to the age of 30. And um, still very, very deep in my life. But, you know, with that, with the skills of being on stage came also this uh, ability to put on different masks. And actually, I love theater. I love theater because I could play different characters and I could not be myself. And it was a, it was, it was a, uh, it was actually um, encouraged to be someone else, and to put on costumes and put on makeup and put on uh, and memorize a script and be on stage and be be in a completely different world. And as a young boy with several traumas in his life, this was an opportunity for me to be like, I'm going to forget all that, and then I'm going to be on stage. And so I started to develop these masks that were in an alignment and parallel to the skills that I learned on stage. And those were um, charisma. They they were being warmth and they were also like compassionate, right? Like all of these skills I've learned from from, uh, character development and learning how to like step into a character and understand their struggles and feel their struggles. And then uh, then how is it for me to... uh, project uh, warmth and welcoming, right? And these are all very like beautiful qualities that I still love about myself today, right? You might even see it in this video, right? Like, like in this, in, in, in how I am today, like you, you are seeing these, like the, these characteristics of who I am. And, um, and, and 
And there are, oper- there are moments in my life that they don't serve me anymore because also behind this mask is also I hide. Uh, well, we'll get into that, right? We'll get into the. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, that was on fire. Beautiful. Um, all right. So this was the one I created today. Uh, and um, on the front, I wrote uh, serious, funny, and hardworking. And I think that as I, as you were talking about your mask, I think, you know, I was raising, I was helping raise my siblings at very young. So at seven years old, my uncle said, you're the man of the house. You know, my father died before I was born. So I was like, what? I don't want to, I don't want to play. Can I just go play? And I think that I had to start, I, I, I got, I had to give up my childhood early mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I had to be a man at seven who I just wanted to be a little boy and so I had to become serious really fast Yeah. before I was ready to be serious. Before I was ready to be taking care of other people, I I just wanted to enjoy being free. And yeah. and funny was because I had to laugh it off a lot. I had to laugh off the fear and the sadness and living in really rough communities in Oakland, being afraid to take out the garbage because... My mom thought it was a good idea to go watch Cujo about a rabid dog who kills people and the garbage can is in the dark. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm allowed to be afraid. I'm not allowed to be afraid to go down those steps because there's no light down by the garbage. You know, I'm like all the things that, okay, I got to be, I got to be serious and I'm scared. I got to be funny when I'm afraid, like all the, and then hardworking is just like, there's no other option. And um, I, I think that I've turned, in parts of my life, I've turned those into, things that can elevate me and also absolutely cause me to disconnect, right? Like I work so, so hard that it's never enough. Like it's like two in the morning, I'm, I borrowed hours from the next day to try and get more done this day. Stuff that possibly could wait, but something in my mind says, you gotta finish, you gotta finish. And some things don't have to be finished, right? I, I think it's a, it's a, but it's like, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And yeah, so those are the ones that are on the front. Um, that are mm-hmm. that are resonating. It was something I was going to say, but it uh, it, it slipped me. It's up my yeah. mind. Yeah, but and, and, you know what I'm hearing from that, and also what I'm relating to is like in in many ways, like these are just ways of coping, right? Yeah. Like these are just ways of coping with things that are that are hard, and we just know how to do these things because we've done it before. Yeah, they've worked yeah. before. Yeah. yeah, and now when we are in a place where we feel in scarcity or we, put, we feel scared, we know that. I know that if I am charismatic about it, then I could, then I'm okay, right? If I, if I know that I'm scared, but I also can uh, project that I'm warmth and not scared, yeah. then I'm okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. That, that's what, I, I'm glad you just said that, that the projecting. So uh, at this retreat this weekend, um, I was telling a story about something that happened when I was younger and um, I, I smiled, right? Mm-hmm. And so a, a man, and the audience at the end, and he said, "Can I ask you a question?" He said, "When you were telling part of your story, is why did you why did you laugh?" I said, "I don't think I laughed." He said, "Yeah, you said you said this, and then you and then you chuckled." And I, yeah, and uh-huh. I said, "Oh yeah, thank you for pointing it out because I've had to do I've had to like almost pretend things didn't happen and laugh them off in order to keep things moving forward." Yeah, right. Because if you get stuck in the the traumatic situation, if you get stuck in the drama, if you get stuck in it, then you don't get you don't get the task done. And if you're responsible for kids, you can't 
you can't let your situation cause the kids not to get fed and the and the and the babies not to get changed and the clothes not to get washed and the chores not to get done. You and so I was like, oh, I said, I think I laugh because I'm trying to just keep it light so that I can yes. so I can handle yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and that's like I I find that very common. I find that very common when uh, men drop into uh, some really serious or even traumatic things that have happened in their life. And um, I used to do it too. And I, I used to do it because I would laugh or I'd put a smile on because I didn't want the other person to feel afraid for me or hurt for me. Or I didn't want the other person to think that I wasn't okay. And so I would try to save them from their feelings, right? And then in turn, what I was actually doing was I was thinking that I'm responsible for your emotions. Now I'm responsible for how you feel. And that's completely false, right? And that's a, that's a total disservice to us. And um, that's like the humor is like such a common mask for many of us. The smile is a very common mask for, for many of us. Yeah. And I think that, man, I'm some, I'm sure... If if I I inherited my father's lips, right? So if I'm not purposely smiling, it looks like I'm frowning. So if I mm. just if I try and mm. yeah, like my lips the are just corner, the corners of your lips just naturally drop down. They drop down, mm. and so in a city where you got rough people on the corner down the street, like if people are like what you what you mugging, what you looking, what you mm. you, you you mugging me, I'm like. I was even looking at you, like, but but because I I had a, I grew up in a place where I had to constantly keep a smile on my face, because if you didn't, people are accusing you of being threatening to them, and even yeah. and that's that's growing up as a little kid in Oakland, California. But now as an adult, like dealing with that situation in the world, where if I'm a threat to you, then my life is at danger, right? Again, another cycle of that. Right. Trying to keep you, trying to keep you feeling safe around me, so right. that this big presence doesn't now right. have you calling the police on me, who are then going to wonder do I have a weapon, and then wonder all all that that goes along with it too. Right. Yeah. So Vivek, it's it's like now you've got to, you're always walking around this world feeling like you're responsible for how you impact other people just by being you, just by walking down the street. Absolutely. And that is, that's scary. How, how, how then do you start to unmask yourself and say that this is okay? How then do you uh, have a conversation with these people and like put it back on them, right? How do you do that without, without then again feeling threatened or then again feeling unsafe, Yeah. right? Yeah, that's, I mean, shit, man, that's, that's real stuff. <laughs> And I laugh right there. See, I, yeah, I, I didn't intend to laugh, right? And now I'm more conscious of it. Like I, I don't think I for a long time knew that I would do that. I never was laughing because it was funny. I was chuckling to put the a feeling on it that I want to project that it's okay, oh. right? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And that was just a front. I mean, shoot, we we <laughs> okay. Well. Yeah. Um, are you ready? Here we ready? go. <laughs> All right. Let's go. All right. So, uh, the back of my mask, anger, judgmental, 
angry, judgmental, and embarrassed. These are things that I hide very often and very well at hiding. Um, I grew up, uh, I grew up Filipino American with parents who um, were trying their best, but weren't the most emotionally intelligent people. And um, my anger was a threat to them. Uh, my crying was a threat to them. And I was taught at a very young age that anger um, was not okay. That if I felt anger, uh, I would get hurt. Uh, if I showed anger, I would get spanked. And so growing up, I, I started to blend my anger with, these, with the, the consequence of getting hurt. And so if I felt angry, I knew that I would just stuff it down and I would put on my face and say, everything is okay. And, um, and so, and that is still, that is still something that I'm working on in my thirties. Here I am. Like, I'm very aware that that is something that I hide often. And I, and I consciously with so much effort, try to unmask myself so that the anger comes out and it gets expressed. Um, and uh, judgmental, uh, I, I could find, I find myself, I, uh, it's interesting uh, being a Filipino American, um, but also growing up Christian, a uh, lot of judgmental values within those cultures of um, one, how you present yourself out in public, I, I got like I got this taught to me at a really young age from my family of like, you know, like my my aunts would like put on makeup to go to the grocery store and if uh, and like looking looking slobbish or looking unkempt was not okay even if you were going to go to the gas station to just pump your car, right? And so I developed this like like th this judgment of like oh look at these guys like they're so unkempt like what the hell you know what I mean and. Um, being very judgmental. And, and the thing about judgment is like, and I'm very aware of this is that my judgments of other people are just reflections of things that I don't like in myself or judge in myself. And so when I find myself in these moments, I bring it back to me and say, holy shit. So what is it about me that I'm insecure about? What is it about me that I'm judging? And, um, and embarrassed, um, when I feel embarrassed, I, um, I don't show it. I um, have a hard time telling people that they embarrassed me. I have a hard time telling, saying out loud that I'm embarrassed. Uh, I did something um, wrong and I have a hard time owning up to it and saying I did it wrong and, and saying that I feel embarrassed in that. Yeah. Oh man, thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's man. Like I, it was, I was feeling this tension in my chest from going in there, and like, like right when I took that deep breath, it just like, oh, like opened up. And uh, thanks for holding that space, man. Thanks for listening. Oh man, well you, you, you were speaking to me, and I was, I was feeling the words. I think those could have been the words I put on mine as well. I think, and I, and I'm, I'm, I didn't put anger on mine, but I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go there first. But I'm gonna put. Um, Fear, sadness, and childhood. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like you, um, this idea of feeling you didn't have permission to show anger 
Yeah. My mom, my mom raised me by herself. My mom did the best she. I love my mom. I really love my mom. She did the best she could, but she didn't know what it meant to be a, a boy, a man. So she overcompensated with a lot of things of like how I was supposed to act. Mm. So anger, like I have, I didn't have permission to be angry in the house, not with her. But when that first bike got taken from me down the street, she was like, "Why'd you come back here without that bike?" I'm like, "Cause he told me he's gonna." be kill me if i'd said anything she's like you better go back and get that bike and don't come back till you got the bike and i'm like um you, you didn't teach me that skill <laughs> you taught yeah. me about being kind and nice and caring and loving and all these amazing qualities that i'm thankful for but you didn't teach me how to show enough anger that somebody wouldn't take advantage of me yeah you didn't know that that i have to fight to prove that i'm a man every day even though i'm only seven mm. like what, what does a seven-year-old know but if you get if you don't have anybody teaching you those skills, then I'm like, hey, I ain't trying to die for this bike. Take the bike. I was smart. <laughs> I was smart enough to know that I didn't want to get beat up for a bike. But now you tell me to go back and get the bike. Like, how do I how do I even do that? Yeah. How do I do it and mentally? How do I do it physically? And I think the anger that I would show her, she'd be like, you better fix your face. Like so, yeah. like in the house, I was always taught to just acquiesce and just give in and. And never talk back for myself. Yeah. How how are you supposed to be the man when you don't even have any say about how you feel? Yeah. And I think that um, I was supposed to fear her. I th interesting that I think about it. I was like, she she was in charge. I was clear that my mom was in charge of our house. I was clear. I I probably feared her um, yeah. in lots of ways. Um, yeah. Sadness, I think uh, it was also one that, that that really hit me is just in the sense that, you know, I was sad that I didn't have a father growing up. I was sad that, you know, that there wasn't like nobody really helping me to figure out how to be a man, even though I had all these responsibilities. I was sad oh, that man. I couldn't go outside and play regularly because I was always having to babysit. I was sad that a lot of sadness. And then as an adult, it's like, Man, like I wanted my organization to be so much farther along. Sometimes I have sadness about how far we've come along. We, I've been doing this 16 years, you know, on the side first, but 16 years. And I'm like, I've seen organizations that started like two weeks ago and they got like money and boards and you're just like, man, what am like, what's, what's wrong with me? Like I, I turned the message internally. I don't talk about it much, but I feel it. Like I feel it sometimes. And, um, and I wrote childhood. Yeah, this. I mean, this is like that that theme. But yeah, those are the ones that are resonating right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm curious if if there's the the sadness there is so powerful, man. And like when you look at these other organizations that go from like a to a million dollars in two weeks, like, and and you bring that back to yourself. And I'm curious if you know there's this 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 piece also of um, maybe like worthiness in that, or maybe even like not feeling enough or like not doing enough. Right. Oh yeah. And, like, and is, is that something that, that you don't show, right? Cause I, I, I definitely don't show like when I'm feeling unworthy and I'm not feeling enough, I definitely don't. The charisma pops up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think when you asked that, like when I don't feel enough, I think it's, I, I overcompensate with the front by 
hardworking. Hard work, yes. <laughs> so yeah. basically, I, I'm like, okay, that means I got to work harder. That means okay, I got to work more. And that means I gotta, I gotta do more. Like always in the sense of like, okay, then I'm not. I must not be working hard enough. So yeah. therefore, I must have to do something else. And and I think only in this work of nonprofit, what I've started to learn, and I started to give myself a little bit more <laughs> permission to feel about it, like. It's a lot of it is who you know in this Bay Area system of philanthropy and money, right? Like, if you don't, I thought, here's what I thought. When I started Ever Forward, I thought that if you do good work, people will find you and give you money to do more good work. Mm. I didn't know that you had to like tell your story and share with people what you're doing. Yeah. I, mean, I definitely was a group in a community where bragging about yourself is kind of like not seen as positive. So I was just, so for the work that we've been doing for 16 years, for many of the years, I didn't talk much about it. I just was doing the work. Yeah. And every once in a while, somebody would say, oh, an article may may write or I'm like, oh, great. I wouldn't even really share it much. Like I would be like embarrassed at like, hey, look at this article they wrote about me. Like, yeah. you know, it would be more like that, that fear of like, can I, can I, can I, can I celebrate myself? And, yes. I, and I heard, I heard a man a couple of weeks ago say, um, he said to himself, he said, I better choose me if I'm expecting everybody else to choose me. Yeah. And I That's was like, right. yeah. oh, I felt that so much, right? Like, yeah. what if I just felt totally okay with like feeling valuable yeah. and important and worthy? That yes. when it, when something good happened, I celebrate it as opposed to like, oh, I don't want to post that. I don't want to, no, I don't want to feel like I'm right. bragging. Right. Yeah. Right. Something came up for me and in, in while you're sharing about your anger too is that like I similar similarly uh anger was like so confusing for me because if I got angry my parents got angry at me for getting angry and they told me to put my anger away and then they would demonstrate anger and like for some reason why is it okay for you to show anger and then inflict pain on me for my anger and it was like always this like confusing dynamic for me this like con confusing construct of well you say that you don't want me to feel angry, but yet you are angry at me for being angry and you're allowed to be angry. Why can't I be angry? Right? <laughs> Those emotions, right? The emotions. Yeah. And then when you like, have you ever had a situation in that as in where, where you, oh, wow. See, we, yeah. we never get, we never we, get phone calls here. <laughs> we we take it off the masks. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody else in here. Let me one second. Let me uh, yeah. I forgot. I was, asking, I was about to ask you a question. Oh, like because of the anger that they didn't give you permission to show, do you feel that that those uh, patterns is what causes anger to be on the back of the mask now? Like the hard part of like being able to come up with it? Oh my gosh. 100, 100%. I mean, I, I think they're the start of it. They were the, the catalyst of it. And then also just living in the culture that we live in, yeah. anger just wasn't accepted, right? And I mean, yeah. anger is glorified, I think, in sports and on media and television and football. Like anger is glorified in that, right? But as a as a as a young person, uh, even at school in elementary school, I could not get angry, right? If I got anger, if I if I got angry, then all of a sudden I'm having a talk with the teacher. Uh, and, and there wasn't any space for me to like let out the anger, right? Had to like bottle it all up in and 
Like, and I'm a kid. I, I want to feel angry, right? Like yeah. a kid tripped me and, and I know that if I retaliate and I get angry, I'm going to get in trouble too. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm going to hide my anger because I don't want to feel more hurt and I don't want to get into more trouble for feeling this anger. But I think, you know, like I've been like working with anger often. And so it's like so much part of my work and, you know, anger, what I've learned is, is, is such a beautiful emotion because it's a, it's the guardian of our boundaries, Mm. right? Someone crosses our boundaries. We got to stand up for ourselves. That's how anger comes up and, and healthy anger is being assertive and getting what you want, but also having compassion and empathy, Mm. right? And, and, and I am trying, I am working on sitting with being assertive, standing up for myself, speaking up, having a voice, letting my anger be heard, right. And not diminishing it, not putting a cloud over it, not putting a mask on it. Oh man. Thank you for sharing that. You, you know, I, I, I think I went, I did the, the, almost the other side of that. So since I couldn't show anger at home, I took off anger at school. So I would turn into a tyrant almost, right? Like I didn't really bother anybody, but if you push me, if you push me, it's going down. And I think I got suspended from the fourth grade to the fourth grade to the sixth grade. Cause it was, I was elementary back then. I went to a new school up in the Oakland Hills <laughs> and literally I've, I was suspended probably 25 times in two, wow. in three years. Yeah. Like, like, okay, I don't bother people. I don't start nothing. But if you push me and I'm taking out not only just the anger on you for hitting me, I'm taking out the anger from my mom for not doing yeah. this or for whatever this, for having to babysit these kids. And it would be always taken to an extreme. It would be like, if I was going to have a fight, oh, I'm, I'm releasing energy <laughs> on you, right? And it was, it was bad. I remember some fights that were like, I don't even know why I couldn't stop hitting somebody. I mean, it was... I mean, I'm, I'm fourth grade, I'm fifth grade, I'm sixth yeah. grade, but, but I remember being to the place where like, like just out of control sometimes, yeah. you know? And, and, and that is right there. That's like, that's rage. That, that is. Right. Rage yeah. is, rage is, is, is this on the spectrum of anger and rage is like, it is intentionally directed to inflict pain. Mm. It is like specific about I'm going to inflict pain and uh, there was rage in my family. It wasn't. It wasn't physical. It was through the words. Hmm. I know what to say to like hurt you, yeah. and and that's how my rage comes up. Is like if I'm getting into something and I can't and I can't feel allow myself to feel the anger fully. I'm gonna go right to rage and I'm gonna like use my words hmm. to just. <clears throat> I'm gonna dig in and I'm gonna say something that's gonna hurt you. And then 20 minutes later, I'm gonna my body's gonna come down and I'm gonna be like, why the heck did you mm. say that? Like, mm. come on, man. Come on. Man. Yeah, man. Well, let's take a breath. Let's take a breath, man. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Is there anything for you that you want to say just as we close as maybe uh just left to say for yourself or to maybe people out there who are like that's too hard i can't talk about that stuff or or what what what's what else needs to be said just in terms of this mask experience for you yeah yeah um 
I love this idea of having, we all have multiple masks. I think you said that earlier this uh, on this call. And if we give ourselves permission to just try what it feels like, just to take off one layer of these masks with someone that we trust, that's enough. And then the next time, let's see what would it look like with the same person to remove another layer of mask. And then that's enough. And maybe throughout that experience of removing that mask, you might want to put that mask back on, but that's okay. But you tried and you felt what it felt like to take off the mask. And that's okay. It's like, that's how I talk about emotions. It's like, you're, you have trouble feeling sadness. Let's just lean into it a little bit. Let's just feel it a little bit. We don't got to go full force, cry, sad, sob, shake. We don't need to do that right now. It's just like, let's just sink into it a little bit and then step back. Thank you. I just want to say thank you for sharing with us and for taking off the mask and revealing more of yourself with us today. Um, Can you tell just folks what you're up to? Like, what are some things? I know you have a, a podcast that you we're yeah. creating so how about you just tell folks how they can find you what you're up to and how we can support the work that you're doing in the world awesome thanks ashanti yeah you can find me on i use i spend a lot of my time on instagram so you can find me at mike.sagoon s-a-g-u-n you can follow uh our company it's called the unshakable man uh, on instagram and if you want to learn more about emotional awareness if you identify as male and you want to um increase your emotional awareness, increase your emotional intelligence. Um, Join us for our program. Uh, We have a 12-week program Uh, right now. We have a cohort of 50 men from all over the world that uh, show up twice a week. They are triad calls. These guys drop in with each other. Um, And if you want more information about that, that's at at unshakableman.me, www.unshakableman.me. and uh, connect with me. Connect with me on Instagram, and uh, I would love to hear from you. And also, if you're interested in one-on-one coaching um, and you identify as male, um, reach out. You could reach out through my Instagram or um, through email at mike at unshakableman.me. Thank you, Mike. We will yeah. put all of that in the show notes so that everyone can find a way to reach out to you. And thank you for being on the show with us today. Thank you oh my for gosh. taking thank the you. time. And anyone out there who wants to make a mask, you can make your mask at www.100kmask.com. It's anonymous. It's one picture, six words of reflection, introspection, and hopefully building connection deeper to yourself and to others around you. Thank you so much. We'll check in soon. Peace. If what you heard today you enjoyed, if you've listened to this and you found something inspiring, please like and subscribe to this podcast. That's the best way for someone to uh, find this podcast, maybe like you did. Um, Please tell someone about it. If you know, listen to some of our previous episodes, and if one of them rings out to you, please share it with somebody you know. Um, We also invite people to join us in a face-to-face where they come together with another person to make a mask and talk about that mask together. There's short conversations, about 20, 30 minutes. So if that's something that's interesting to you, please uh, send us a message, send us in the comments below, let us know that you're interested in that. And we look forward to you joining the movement of the Million Mask Movement. And check out our new shirt, 
I don't know if you, how you can, if you can see it, but this is our new shirt, the Million Mask Movement. And so uh, we'll have these soon available, uh, but we look forward to you being a part of a movement and supporting our work. Uh, please consider supporting the work that we do in Ever Forward and in the work uh, that we do in the Million Mask Movement to let people around the world realize that they're not alone. Thank you.